0: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a 5-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the B&G writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the Fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience.
1: Are you, are you done yet? We got to start the show. <laughs> Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 5, Episode 246, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, and we ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide podcast platforms and video content on our related YouTube channel. With that being said, we have a huge week, absolutely huge week, as we get ready for hockey, we are only 20 days away, folks. And with that being said, and in and usher in that excitement, my co host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what up? What up?
0: It's really real today. There's real hockey. I mean, sure, it's like the B squad, but whatever. It's really, really hockey happening against some really other hockey teams. Talking to you, Washington Capitals. I can't believe at five o'clock, we got to get this done so you can get this editing done. Because if not, you're looking at what? 8 o'clock. Before yeah, we get back here, but unfortunately, we it. I mean, we i i can
1: it. I can edit through the game. It's not that big of a deal, but I do it's want to sit there and watch money. it, you know. Yeah, exactly. but um, <laughs> uh, before we um before we get into the hockey talk and mention our show sponsor, I do want to uh give an update, kind of uh, some big news here. We do have a um a merchandise shop now on our website. If you go to blackandgoldhockey.com slash shop, you'll be um uh, ushered to an area where you can support us and other programs on our podcast network. Uh, we have uh, t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have uh, coffee mugs, we have stickers. We, we can bring on more items if if, uh, if folks want them, but it, this is a big step for us this year yeah. as we move into, uh, you know, promoting our, our program a little bit more, but also uh, to create a little bit of fundage on the way to, uh, you know, to cover our out-of-pocket costs. Um, the Black and Gold Hockey podcast it does have merch available. So if you go to that website, you can buy there. But we also have two other programs that are, uh, are really involved right now. And that is the Puck Lines podcast with uh, Andrew Taverna and Connor Green. They do a fantastic program. So definitely give them, um, uh, you know, buy, check out their products and, and buy something. And also the Causeway Kings. And they do a fantastic program. They have a lot of the B&G guys over there. that uh, Benny Rabbi. Uh, is the host and he's uh, an amazing person so uh, please uh, check them out and also follow their podcast too by the way but blackandgoldhockey.com slash shop is the place to go to get your black and gold paraphernalia Uh, with that being said let's uh, hear from show sponsor betonline.ag we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football year As always, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football and sports related. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's c l n s 50 to receive your bonus from hockey to football to basketball to boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports favorites betonline.ag where the game starts and as always we thank betonline.ag for being our show sponsor and uh, unbelievable stuff. Hockey's coming up. Baseball's still going on. Football's just getting underway. It's week three. So um, get in there. Sign up for a free account and get yourself a sweet ass signing up bonus. Uh, BetOnline.ag does a fantastic job with everything sports related. And it should be your go-to for your wagering needs. Uh, let's go. Let's effing go, Heather. We have a lot of hockey talk to talk about. Boston Bruins related. Because that's all we do is talk bees, 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 no matter what. <laughs> even if there's nothing i'd talk
0: about we'll find something i'd talk about well let's start off with this is an important announcement especially to anybody in the area that may be trying to go to the td garden because you have to either have proof of vaccination or a proof of a negative test result we already talked about how masks have to happen uh this goes out to all bruins slash celtics slash concert slash uh tennis fans i guess we just had a tennis tournament in the garden um that's an important thing to know. Always read the fine print when you read stuff. And uh, that's just a heads up because I hate for anybody to get there and think that just bringing your mask is enough. Uh, they've made this decision. I think it's mostly based on keeping it full capacity. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the underlining thing. It's either that or they're going to have to slash capacity to keep the social distancing, which seems to be kind of the general rules that the state in certain situations are um, You know, mandating. So, anyways, uh, I just uh, wanted to bring that up to any fans who may have purchased tickets for the upcoming season, which is not that far away. We can make it. We've made it to the preseason games. We can make it to the final. So, uh, we don't really need any thoughts or anything on that. And unless you have some thoughts on that, I just thought I'd just mention it. No, I see.
1: It is an important thing to remember that you, when it, if you buy tickets online, it just does not mean you're going to get through the door. So please be aware of all that. Have the information available. You do not want to waste money um, and, and and start a, uh, a pan, not a pandemic because we are, we, we're in one, but a panic uh, when you get to there and you can't get in and basically wasted all that money for you and your family. So uh, it's important to keep uh, in, uh, tabs on everything that's going on. Uh, please go to the official website, follow the Boston Bruins on Twitter for all these updates, because if numbers do change in capacity, uh, they'll, they'll be the ones to actually be the one, you know, to, to let everybody know ahead of time. So uh, just keep an eye out as the season goes on, because, all this uh, all this crap is is coming back and we don't want it to ruin anything that we we love. You know, obviously we love our families and friends and listeners, supporters and everything like that. Hockey is is secondary to to life events, you know, but um, we do want to make sure that everybody um, does it safely and understands uh, what's going on. The protocols moving forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that was just a mention uh, before we get into the random agenda as my brain and the Bruins world dictates. Uh, and I apologize to anybody out there with my gravelly voice, unless you like chicks with gravelly voices, then visit our uh, Black and Gold Hockey podcast on the Patreon.com. No, just kidding. Okay, so I thought this, um, this of course, happened about 12 and a half minutes after we recorded on Monday. But uh, Zach Seneshin signed. He's been sitting around. Uh, he's had the offer. Just sign will be an RFA again. But this, I'm sure, made you a little bit happy that he's around at least another season to see what we can do with him and or what we can do with him. You know.
1: Yeah, it made me happy to to keep Zach in the in the fold. Um, and I, I was, you know, when we're talking about this topic on Twitter and so on, and listening to so many podcasts. You know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, displeasure for the signing. Uh, and obviously it's because he's a 2015 first round pick that hasn't been to the NHL yet um, consecutively. And that's a big narrative for people that are oh, the haters. Let's I'll just call them the haters. Cause that's what they do. And um, but there's no patience in these fans. They want uh, the players to get to the NHL uh, right after leaving the podium and um, and never look at what's ahead of these types of prospects and so on. But I believe that Seneshin was holding out for a possible one-way deal because he thinks that he deserves it or so on. Um, but he gets a two-way deal, which is which is good too. The important factor is here, and, and another reminder to folks about the waiver process, is he's he's got to make the team, he's got to make the roster out of this camp. And if he doesn't make it, then he has to go through the waiver process, which will be uh, available to anybody else who's looking for a fast, creative winger that, you know, possibly has a better line to the NHL with another team. Um, And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing and he's a bad player and so on. It's just, you know. I I still believe that he could be a valued asset, but I like him where he's sitting in the organization. And if he can survive the waiver process, I think his addition to Providence is going to be just another great, great thing moving forward for that minor pro affiliate, because they're going to be a a team to be reckoned with this year, in my opinion. So I like the signing. I I do understand how people get frustrated with with this and so on, but it's just we, we don't rush prospects anymore. We need to start understanding that. I mean, look at, look at Jack Sidnika, you know, we're probably going to talk about him later on too, but look at the path that he's taking and, and it's frustrating for some people, but they're not totally hating on him yet. So uh, give it time, I, I guess, in Bruins Nation, but um, that's just my thoughts on, on Zach. He's a great kid, good interview, always, you know, available when I need him and so on w- w- when he's down in Providence. And um, I just think that, you know, you still need sustainability at the minor pro level. He, there's nothing wrong with a break glass in case of emergency scenario for these types of players. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh it's not breaking news. It's not an unbelievable signing. It's just one of those sustainability pieces, pieces, in my opinion. Um, I is
0: actually starting to wonder if he wasn't trying to get on the waiver to try and get out of here because he is at a weird place where he's getting boxed out or in, you know what I mean? Like meaning, He's getting older. He's not getting younger. Like his crack at the NHL is getting, you know, smaller. And we've talked about there's nothing wrong with playing professionally, not in the NHL, too. But I was starting to worry he wasn't going to sign because he was really adamant about that one way. But like you said, then he can't make the team. And he's got to know he's not making the team with the people we went out and got and people that maybe had more looks than him ahead. But this is his season to prove it, and/or at least get some worse so that we can put you in a better situation to be in an NHL lineup, if that's where you feel you need to be. But I do think he's a good kid. I'm not mad at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for a year to keep him around one more year and give him, you know.
1: It's seven hundred fifty at the NHL level, a yeah. hundred a hundred grand or two hundred grand. I don't know if that's been released yet, but I think it's right around the same thing that um, Cameron Hughes got. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, so
0: that's that. I just wanted to mention, uh, of course, that happened right after we recorded, but I know you're a big Zach Sennishan guy, and I I don't – we need depth. Like, we – again, the last few years, we really – even the year that we were in the Stanley Cup Finals, we're like, what is up with the depth on this team? Uh, It's not there. Maybe it wasn't quite there that we thought it was. So, like you said, you got to sustain on the other levels as well. So, uh, thanks for staying, Zach Sennishan, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so – The topic of the week, though, is the boys are back, baby. Training camp's open. Uh, You know, it's officially open now that, you know, on the date that the NHL, they say you can have it open legally and, uh, you know, without remorse. But it was so good to see them in there. And before we get into breaking down the first three days of uh, training camp, Obviously leading to the talk about today is the day, man, preseason game one. Whoa. I was like, I feel like there's a mazillion preseason games this year. I don't remember there being this many. I'm sure there were in the past. But shout out to the black and gold hockey members that were at the Warrior Ice Arena this week. And uh, go ahead, Mark.
1: Do it. Do you know uh, Andrew Taverna from the Pucklines podcast and a uh, website writer? Um, uh, Kevin O'Keefe uh, from the... Um, uh, the Beehive podcast, sorry, Kevin, uh, he was there. And he's also a writer at black And also Ryan Duffy, uh, who I believe is going to have a podcast soon, but is a writer at uh, was in attendance. So all three were well represented this week. And I want to truly want to thank those guys for the traveling and the effort they made in tweeting and videos and um, video uploads to YouTube, Poplines podcast, shout out right there. Uh, But no, it was, it was really cool to have uh, folks in attendance sucks. I could not be there, but I got two Boston Terriers that I've, I I love truly. I do love, and I'm not going to complain, but uh, they were completely up my ass all week. So it was very hard for me to do anything and sneak away uh, because they're, uh, they're needy little bastards that need to be taken out and so on. And and my Courtney, my wife, Courtney is working. So I didn't want to like put the bunt on, uh, on her day to, to do her job and then, Take care of the dogs, too. But uh, anyway, shout out to Buster and Winston. They are my boys. I love them so much. And um, fortunately, they'll be going home with their dad uh, on Wednesday. But uh, for now, they're still mine. So
0: you love your dog, brothers. That's
1: true.
0: Uh, Yeah. So thanks, guys, for being in the building. I really wish I could go. I'm like in my head. I'm like, how do I get there on Tuesday? I get my kid on the bus at this time. Yeah. If it was
1: Tuesday, but it started on Wednesday. And then Wednesday wasn't even open. I mean, it wasn't any on ice things. It was uh, in, in, um, yeah, they were off-ice doing the off ice training. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. No, I meant
0: this Tuesday coming up because that's a oh, day off oh, that I actually have because I've been working like a crazy person. So that's why I appreciate the fact that the gentleman could at least go and representing little, I'm a little jealous, but I'm glad there's eyes and ears inside the facility, absolutely. which, of course, that being said, there are plenty of Bruins media members that we love and are happy to see their tweets and follow ups, too. But okay. I thought um, also I'd like to just say I don't know who it was, but some like person chirped Andrew about having his mask on. It's like, yeah, guy, he has to have the mask on. Like, yeah. why? Also, get a life if that's all you have to do is like look on Twitter. And that's what you took out of all these tweets about the Bruins all day long was that guy's wearing a mask. Please,
1: I didn't. Please I have, didn't even see that. I'm gonna have
2: to look. Please back find a the, hobby.
0: I think it was Andrew, to... but I'm like, please find a hobby because this is about the Bruins. That's what you yeah. focused on. Like
2: <laughs> training
0: camp. There's like all these like things happening, and that's it. So world
1: but, we live in nowadays, Heather.
0: I know, I know. But that being said, let's talk about camp a little bit, shall we? Uh, we got to broken down into some versatile topics, I think, to talk about it. But let's start with Charlie Coyle, indeed in a no contact Jersey. We still don't really have an information to know how long that might be. So maybe after, you know, maybe come next, you know, on Tuesday or whatever, maybe he's moving towards next week, not having it or he's not, we don't know, but he definitely is in a no contact Jersey. So let the second line games begin. We'll talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. um, It's good to have him out there skating and so on uh, Jersey or not. Uh, But they seem to be moving forward uh you know very optimistic about about him and his health and, and the knee that um they got operated on over the off season so uh this it, it, i think it's going to be okay i think this is a, a, a you know a solid move um and um, who knows if it's if the uh, season's going to start without him uh either at 2C or not Um, it's just, uh, it's a good move to, you know, be precautionary about these things and so on. So, uh, I think it's going to be okay, but it's, it is going to give some opportunities for other players. I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. Correct.
0: Yes. We'll have things to say about that, but then I won't jump
1: in on it then.
0: I think it's good that he's at least on the ice. You know what I mean? He's not having, he's not isolated. Like sometimes injured players are kind of in their own world so that's good so it gives you more hope and like you said there's been a lot of optimism so we talked about this you know you're not going to really know what's going to what it's happening until you really start getting into the actual training of using uh your muscles or whatever in certain ways uh and i mean i'm sure he'll be okay but yeah it's been interesting uh seeing what will happen on the second line um and I think that brings us to something that I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that were hot and bothered, had to have a few private one-on-one sessions with themselves over. But if you didn't get it, there's a memo going around that Jackson, he gained 15 pounds and he's been playing second line center and uh, everyone is up and up on the stud muffin again. <laughs> and, uh, I think it's funny. Muffin. Like that's it. Like, so studs looking more studly, uh, looking Bigger, definitely. And uh just I didn't know if you had any thoughts on Jack because now all of a sudden the Jack's Tonika trains back on full force driving by or whatever.
1: Well, now that we're on the topic, um, I can say something about this. It, it's it's um it's good competition. Let's put it that way. It's good competition. It's good to get him involved in a situation like this when you know that um a player like Charlie Coyle, who obviously has not earned that second. Uh, to see spot quite yet. Um, but it, with him being out and limited, um, opportunities to fully participate in practice or these, um, training sessions, that, um, you know, that they give a look to him, you know, uh, and and see where he can go from there. And, but it's not only that, I, I think by letting Sidnika get that type of exposure, you also can gauge where he could be on other lines too, whether it be the third line, if, uh, if, Charlie Coyle does come back and so on. And then how the competition goes with Eric Halla and so on. We'll talk about that later on, I'm sure. Um, but it, I mean, it's it's just the internal competition is very valuable at this time of the year because you can gauge uh, Bruce Cassidy and, and coaching staff, along with new member Chris Kelly, can gauge where they are moving forward and what team they, they, they could possibly have. And um, I think it's important. I think it's great. Uh, as how many people are showing up to camp and then you dwindle down to the people the players you actually have on the roster and contracted and so on there's nothing wrong with pushing players there's nothing wrong with be- players coming in for ptos and pushing players that's the way you you gain consistent consistently um and and competitively in my opinion and, and this is, I, I think it's great I think it's really good, but ultimately I don't see the lineup changing from any of my projections in the past. I don't see Sidnika being involved in this lineup. Uh, He might get a game here, there and two pending injuries and so on, but I don't think he's going to be a member of this Boston Bruins team for the upcoming year uh, with his availability to go down to Providence and, and, and um, his exempt waiver process. So I think he's going to be a one line for a first line center down there. And I think he's going to have a great year as this, um, as the um, the games expand from a 25 game season, which Providence played last year to a 72 game, a 76 game or whatever uh, with travel and so on. And, and, you know, I think it's going to be good for him, but I think that's going to be his big evaluation is how he goes down there and produces you know, lift your head high and do what you got to do. Go on, go down there and grind and do what you've been doing for the past uh, several seasons since you've been in the Boston Bruins organization. And I think his path to the NHL will come a little clearer after after this coming season when we seem to like walk away from certain members and create some freaking roster spots for him to uh, finally um, set in with a little bit of uh, consistency.
0: Do you think that? People like Stenica, like players like that, or even like I had mentioned with Zach Sennishin, are getting a little nervous themselves about being boxed out. Like stanika like just internally, they may start be feel start to feel like this is I have to get it this year. Like I have to at least get take the opportunities more and really make more of it because we went out and got some pieces that do the things and paid them NHL contracts to do some of the things that we want the Stunikas of the world to be, you know, like whether it be this year or next year, I agree with you. I mean, we almost have too many options now. Do you know what I mean? And it's going to be hard. So all you can do is like get your looks and really embed yourself in their minds so that they think of you first when they need somebody to come. And like you said, in the meantime, prove down there. Do you think some of these people who have been in our system are starting to reach a point where they feel Something has to give for them, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. Just-
1: no, I do. I mean, there's a there's a time and a place when you when you actually can think as a player. I've never done it, so I don't know. But when talking to these players, you get a sense of of how they're how they relate and uh, where they sit. You know, if the Boston Bruins continue to bring in uh, talent from other teams via free agency and so on, that always puts a um a bit a little bit of pressure on the guys in the system that are supposed to air quotes you know make make the next step and Mm -hmm. and from the boston bruins organizational standpoint if those guys aren't ready and they continue to need more time in providence then it is what it is they'll they'll do the plug and plays but you know you really have to come in and make an impact and and these are times um you know training camp times are, are those times for you to make an impact and and say listen you can't you basically have to like push their buttons and say, you can't put me down anymore. You have to be that player. And a lot of these guys right now aren't, and it's not saying that there's, it's a terrible prospect pool and it's, it's always ranked up in the high, tw- uh, high twenties and, and early thirties and so on. It's not about that. It's about the individual player and how much he freaking wants it. Hmm.
0: That is partly true. Uh, also, I just want somebody, I just want some of these people, like because our prospect pool outside of Boston is not maybe, maybe, in slash sort of prospect it's not good Heather. it's not good let's put it that way right so i kind of need like these kids slash not so much kids anymore to really step up because if i need to go out and get it well not me obviously it's not my job don sweeney's gotta have it. brain i'm just here but if we need them to go out and get a piece and move stuff yeah like a stanika sure it's not cap wise that much or whatever but like Something, I need the Stanikas and people like that, the the Trent Fredericks, whoever. I'm not saying I'm trying to get rid of any of them. You know, I'm just saying if we need to go get someone, I'm no longer willing to piss away draft picks that we've been doing for the last 15 years, just like handing them out like they're candy. You get a first round and you get a third. I'm all set. I would legitimately, yeah, (laughs) rather give you Stanika or someone, if that's getting me more in return to give out less. And it's more, and that's what happens when you feel like a trade is more. But I feel like, can some of these people maybe give us a good trade deal, like kind of like when Taylor Hall came here? Because for all the years that we gave everyone, we were giving away superstars. You want Joe Thornton? That's fine. (laughs) Like, you can have Joe Thornton. I mean, God knows what you could have got for him. And we got some good pieces and some, do you even remember pieces? Like, what impact did that make? It was like a ripple effect. But I just, I think I need for some of them to, have the value that people want them to have and actually have that value this year you know not like i want you to have this this is what their ceiling is because they're useless to me if they can't make the big team ever you know or if it seems like there's no path for whatever reason for them to get there and i also can't have you just clogging up everything to like I need you to move on too. Cause I don't want to hold on hope forever that Senishin and like whatever. And I don't, don't make me say the draft class of 2015. Nah. <laughs> right. Trigger. Right. Trigger. But Trigger. Trigger. <laughs> like I love them, but okay. So, um, let's, that's all I have to say. I just thought, uh, Stinica, Yeah. Everyone 15 pounds. He gained 15 pounds. He gained 15 pounds.
1: Listen, here's a hot take from me. Mm-hmm. And if, if, um, Uh, like I said, Sneek is probably not going to be in the lineup and I'm not saying this. He's a terrible prospect and the world's going to end and blah, blah, blah. But I will say that if he plays well down in Providence and still doesn't crack the lineup, whether regardless of injuries or not, I think that he could be a very valued trade piece in um, uh, when the trade deadline comes up, maybe a leverage piece because of uh, the outlook for him might not be so grand, but, you know, in certain, in my opinion, I think that next year would be uh, a better landing spot for him. Like I said earlier, but you can't, you can't uh, deny the fact that he's a, he's still a solid hockey player. uh, Mm -hmm. Probably be very valued on another team, but um, can be used to, to be moved if needed. So.
0: Yeah. It's just a weird, I don't know, but it's interesting. I love what I see the, the young kids, but. We have another um, young kid slash getting to not be so young kid to talk about that may or may not have been drafted somewhere in the middle of the 2010s. Um, Jake DeBrus and Coach Cassidy have seemed to have a heart to heart and uh, they're back on the same page for now of like how can I support you as your coach but how do you execute for me as your coach what I need from you? Jake DeBrus gave a presser. I like, I think Jake DeBrus sounded more like Jake DeBrusque, like more in the, like, I feel good in a headspace and I'm ready to go. Like he, I, he we've talked about, it. he has to know. He's just getting, he made a funny comment about, I don't, something about Twitter. Like, you know, I don't oh, yeah. even you know, go on. Right. Um, that's good to hear. Uh, Cause again, I need Jake DeBrus to at least be a solid player, even if he ends up being the third line left wing or whatever. I, I, I want Jake DeBrus to be the best Jake DeBrus he could be. So thoughts on that, but him and Cassidy are cool. So everyone else shut the up until further notice.
1: I really hope the best for Jake. I really do. Um, But I also think that this is, there's a fine line uh, of him staying in Boston and not pending on how he does and how um, he uh, puts the product out in the ice after having a discussion like this with, with uh, head coach Cassidy and, um, but with things seemingly moving forward to like a normal type of you know a year, we're getting back to an 82 game schedule, we're getting back to uh, proper uh, preseason uh, training and and games and not just uh, going into an abbreviated year with no uh, preseason at all and you know, very minimal uh, training efforts like they did last year, it's more normal for him. And, and he's said several times in many press conferences, that uh, things have not been the same for him since the COVID stuff. Stop- shit. Um, since the, um, you know, the pandemic lockdown stuff, and yeah, lockdown it's really and so on. So, um, you know, I, I think that this is an important step for him too, because, you know, now it's let's get back to work. We're full time. We're ready to go. And, um, and and it remains to be seen what happens with him and how he adjusts to it. Uh, but I, I, I really want him to do good. Uh, there's a lot of fans uh, podcasts out there that are seen to be raking this kid over the coals. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of a, a unfair hate in my opinion. Uh, I, I want to see how he does on the ice for the you know let's let's see how he does until um, Thanksgiving. all right. There's a nice little little um, area to con- be concerned with right there and then go from there on evaluating if he needs to be moved or not. but I want to give the kid a chance. It, obviously, the Boston Bruins management wanted to give him a chance because they 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 extended him, and they didn't move him at the draft like I thought they were going to do for a piece or or mm-hmm. some picks. But I, I just want to give him the opportunity to show his stuff. But if not, he's going to be on a really, really short leash. Um,
0: I would actually say I'm giving Jake Dabrush to the trade deadline because I want Jake Dabrush to be the best Jake Dabrush he can be. And if... <clears throat> We have to move him. I need him to get the most value he can be. Um, he does love being here. He even said, like, he didn't want to deal with the qu- quarantining to go home over the summer and whatnot, so he basically stayed in Boston. And he talked about being out and going out and doing things and, walk, you know, and how that helped him, you know, to kind of be here. Him and Cassidy seem cool. But the mostly I want... I- not saying Jake DeBrusque doesn't warrant a lot of questioning, okay? Absolutely, all day long. But he is also 24 years old, and it is different. Uh, I think it's been hard on everyone, but I think it has been different and hard on particular age groups because of the way they live their lives, I guess is how I'm trying to frame that. Also, Jake DeBrusque whether he's executed or not, has done every freaking thing you've asked him to do. He's been your top line right wing. He's been—I mean, you came in and from the get go, this kid has had the pressure of being David Krejci's left wing, like you know. And then last year, moving or in between the shutdown restart last season, abbreviated season, he last year he must have played almost every position on. Maybe not so much, but he might have even played on the top line at some point because he had to. Um, so I would beg that everyone, um, like I always say about every player, it's okay to get upset about a way a player is playing, but they are human beings. He is in the end a 24-year-old kid who plays a sport. It's not he's not like, oh man, you can't figure out this brain surgery, like you know, and yeah. what's the worst that happens if he can't figure it out? We have plenty of depth now. Our depth isn't as like We didn't have that. You know, now we're talking, we can get secondary, third, tertiary. I don't know what the fourth one, quadriary. I don't know. I'll make it up something with a four. So give him a chance. And I say, okay, I, as much as I love him, I'm willing to depart. But until then we got to see what happens until November. We're not going to know really how the team's shaking out. And by then there could be injuries, this, that, whatever. And we might not be able to get run of Jake to anyways, but if, his new role is the third line, ref, third line left wing with Hollow and Foligno or whatever. Then that's what it is. And if he's executing on that, you know, maybe that not having the pressure of having to be on the second line. Like, I think it's been a little ridiculous to ask. Now, that being said, Jake DeBrush should score and be more consistent than he is all day long. I'm not saying that but it's a lot of pressure to think he's the kid that can totally fix the secondary scoring when the second line has been a hot mess and in rotation for 10 years or whatever, uh, maybe not quite 10 years, eight years. So
1: To me, Jake DeBrusse seems like that type of player that loves to have a consistent area of play, whether he plays on the first, second, third line, whatever. But I, I find him hard to watch sometimes and he gets really frustrated when he has to move away from that, that left yeah. side. And he goes mm-hmm. to the right, which is completely his his off shot. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hate when they do that. I hate when yeah. I like when he's there on the left side and so on. But uh, like you said, it's just he
0: looks uncomfortable now
1: on the right exactly, side because he's exactly. too far
0: into his development. Yeah.
1: Now, now a player in the in the past who did good rising up the lines and left and right and so on was Danton Heinen. He seemed mm-hmm. very comfortable no matter what position. But that's the type of player Danton Heinen was. Yeah. He could be that versatile player all over the place and be comfortable no matter where he goes. Some players don't like that at all. But yeah, you know, no. we'll see what happens. I just want Bruce to like really consider him on the third uh, on the left side, no matter where.
0: Yeah. No, you're right because that's why after the first couple of years, most people, sure, a lot of people come into the league as like center, wing, this, wing, that, but. Not all players actually pan out. Like sometimes you end up, you're a right wing, like you're this, you're that. And I think after four years or whatever, Jake DeBrusque is like, the left wing is his comfort spot. Like you said, it's where a shot is. It's where he's been playing at a high level, whether he's executed or not. He's been playing with high level, you know, over there. I mean, all day long, he probably would have replaced himself next to Krejci with Taylor Hall. He was probably like, phew, thank God I could use a break from this. Like, yeah, please get Taylor Hall. That'd be awesome, you know? But uh, good luck, Jake. We like Jake, and I'm giving him till the trade deadline, unless it goes horribly wrong, and then you can sit your ass on the ninth floor until the trade deadline (laughs) or whatever. So... Okay, so that's the Jake DeBrusque thing, and that'll be interesting watching the Bruins fans melt down about him for the first three months of the season. <laughs> um, so speaking of Jake DeBrusque, he's got a new center that isn't David Krejci or any of the 12 centers that he had last season during the uh, rotating <laughs> cast of everybody but the top line. Um, Eric Holla is looking pretty good as that third-line center. He is a fast, fast guy, kind of – it's weird because him and Coyle played together, you know what I mean? And, like, kind of that quickness. He's got a little of that, like, really goes I, – I, I'm liking uh, that third line myself, uh, him, Dabrowski, and Felino. I feel like Halla has enough of, cre- like, movement, you know, for Krejci seeing things to set up Jake. And felino has got that veteran can get in those spots, you know, and really – facilitate the play. And I think they can actually help Jake DeBrusque find Jake DeBrusque again. And maybe he might not score 30 goals. But if Jake DeBrusque would give me 20 and 15 assists, I will forgive him this season because I see him getting back into his groove. And if he opens up and can get comfortable, that line could be tertiary scoring.
1: <laughs> and that's what we need. When you when you consider in secondary scoring, that is it right there. You have three lines of potential offensive uh, threat. Wow. And in a fourth line that that can grind, let's effing go. I'm really high on Hall. I know a lot of people weren't when there was Mm -hmm. signings, but I think that the way he worked in with his, uh, his term and his, his dollar value were fantastic. I thought it was a really good play by Don Sweeney not to go out and get that, that higher player. If, if, if there was one available, and not be able to get multiple assets during free agency like they did with Hala and Felino and Nosek and so on. So I think when you, when you think about like the manip- manipulizing the cap, I think Don Sweeney did a great job on that by addressing forwards, forward additions that are versatile too, that can play the center that could play the left and the right and so on. So I really liked what he did this year. And I know a lot of people poo-poo on that big time, but when, you brought up a very good point about David Krejci and his departure and um, the way Eric Haller can be. I, I, I don't think Eric Haller is at the level of, of, of Krejci's freaking um, a status when it comes to offensive. Awesomeness. so on. Yeah. Awesomeness too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I liked what you were talking about though, is he might not be that, that offensive offensively gifted forward, but he can work on things. But what I like about him as a center is his speed. Krejci was not a fast forward at all. Right. He really slowed the game down. This is a different dynamic we've probably seen from this Boston Bruins organization when you're considering a player like Halla, because now you're bringing in a speed factor. Yeah. He could he could honestly challenge Charlie Coyle for that second line role. I, I'm just throwing it out there now. Not a hot take, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying that if he plays well, there's always room for advancement. And the way Holler plays... If he starts off on the third line, great. That's going to be a solid line. What you said, you know, a DeBrusque, a Halla, and a Felino, unbelievable Can't wait to see it. But if if Hall is playing so good, and 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 let's say Coyle does earn that freaking second line C spot, and he's not playing well, there's a flip flop freaking uh, situation that can definitely happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're okay. winning, it's good. If you're not, that's when you make these adjustments. And I find Bruce Cassidy makes those adjustments probably too late in the games and so on. But anyway, it's a good thing to have with this all this versatility and who could play where. And it's all about chemistry. And this is the time we're seeing this. We're seeing these uh, off-season workouts and chemistry-building moments. And let's go right into the um, regular season, which starts. puck drop up is 20 days away. and uh, And let's see how everything comes together. I'm ready for it. Absolutely ready for it. Um, I
0: think, not to play off of your point, but we've had so many different kinds of players in the system, all doing their job within our system. Our depth this year looks more like players who, like you said, like Holland and Coyle could change. I don't think we've seen Jake DeBrux much on Charlie's left side, because normally when Jake would drop down, Charlie would have been bumped up somewhere to play on the right side or something, or here playing out, but kind of being able to do the same thing fast, you know, make the play happen, you know, get the play going to happen. Uh, same thing. Like we have similar people who will end up on the wings that maybe you could be interchangeable on. Like you said, if you have to do little adjustments of flipping second and third, just like we've talked in the past, you might be able to do it with Pasternak and whoever, you know, I would be Hall car. I mean, uh, Smith currently, obviously, because he's the, the um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. The, assumed right wing on that line. I do think that in our depth itself, we have more consistency within the depth. So you can make the moves and shake it up without the way we normally do. It's like a big bomb in the middle of everything. It's like now you've got to reestablish all the chemistry, but if you have players who can do similar things, all kind of running those drills already, it might be enough to bump them in the right direction, but without creating the chaos and disorder that tends to happen when it does happen. Do you, Does that make sense? I, it, I, it makes sense.
1: It does make yeah. sense.
0: Like, I, I I do agree with you. I just, in a trials I'm, and
1: tribulation type kind of a way.
0: Right. I don't mind trials and tribulation, but not in March when you're pl- fighting for playoff positions. Exactly. Like I need you to not wait until four minutes to the end of the game. Do that That's, halfway through the second so that by the third, people are can...
1: That's that. That's why I had the every time we go into a season, and you've been a, a, a host with us. I think we're going on three years.
0: Yeah, I think that's we're it's at like least three, two and a half in. Absolutely
1: crazy! It's been yeah. that long. We
0: started um, right it, after we lost the 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 cup in two thousand nineteen. Yes,
1: and um, no, it's all good. I lost what I was gonna what I was gonna talk about. But, no, about um, moving lines. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. But uh, my thing is, is like I I always use. The Thanksgiving holiday as like a playoff gauge, where this team sitting in the standings. But also, I'm using that as: do certain people have chemistry within that time frame? And if they don't have chemistry within that time frame, Bruce Cassidy, um, um, Joe Sacco and um, and Kevin Dean, and now Chris Kelly need to get together and figure it out in that time frame. And like you said, not in February, and March, and April. You know, it, it, it's, I've, it, it baffles my mind sometimes to think about that. But then again, I am not the head coach. And thank God I'm not because you shouldn't see my, my lines. <laughs> um, Cassidy is so
0: much smarter than me. I just, I need, that's what I need him to work on for me. This year. Just like his players all have homework assignments of how to be on his, you know, starting 22, 23 or whatever. I'm going to need him to be a little better about knowing when to break it up in breaking it up in a logical fashion, I feel like we don't break it up till we're in like full on. What do we do? What do we do now? Like it's not happening. Well, it's still not happening, honey. That's okay. I love you anyways, but still. um, Yeah, but that being said, man, Coach Cassie is way smarter than us. We're just oh, yeah. kids, in, kids at our houses having opinions and that. Room. But yeah, no, I mean... It's looking good after week one and I'm really liking it. And that being said, Chris K- Kelly looked so happy when he was on the ice the other day. Do you see him? He was like in the middle of the circle. He's like laughing. He looks so relaxed. Having he a good did
1: time. too. I think I think um uh I think it was David Passenac was like putting the moves on him and so on. So yeah. Kelly's <laughs> Kelly has right. definitely lost a step.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he he seems happy to be back like this. Sometimes, I guess we always talk about like once a Bruin, always a Bruin. And like Chris Kelly had a career long before he was a Bruin, and he was only a Bruin for a short time, but he's managed to still stay in and out, coming in and out within the system. You know, he's that. Yep. The group of guys, like I said, someday we'll look up. The whole entire system will be the 2011 players or whatever. Mark Richt will be director of like awesome cool stuff. He'll just like shake hands when the player, you know, whatever.
1: The you you about. could be a member of the uh, of the game or a team or anywhere in the league for a long period of time. But once you get back into it and just a member um on the bench or in in the organization, that that means something to these players. You know, you. You're, you're still around the boys. you're still around doing these things. you know you might have a have a, a higher role uh, in in management and coaching and so on, but you're still there and the camaraderie is still is still uh, at its highest moments.
0: Yeah, and it's also fun too because some of these kids are like, oh my God, I love Chris Kelly. remember when I was seven and they won the Stanley Cup and he yeah. was there and like they get excited to like I also think it's a good coaching strategy. Like being a coach, you have to be the organized disciplinarian anyways but it doesn't mean you can't have a little fun every now and then and be a person with them too, because especially this new generation of players, they respond a lot better to that than like, like coaches you I'm not accusing any of coaches. I'm just saying generationally, right? Like you'd have coaches that'd be like, you fucking suck kid. You're never starting another game on this team ever. Like, and you could say that to a 16 year old and no one, your parents would be like, well, you do play like shit. Like I just, it's a different world. So I, I like that he's having fun, seriously having fun
1: my my final note on chris kelly um on this topic is character the boston bruins organization saw character the the team that he was with saw character as an in a leader and that just transpired to a job like this like if he's available you got to get a guy like that because you've already seen him and how he acts in the organization as a player but now as a as a voice on that bench so um I'm looking forward to it. I, I just, I honestly think this is going to be a team that's going to surprise a lot of play, a lot of people, and you know, a lot of people are win the freaking lineup, and, and it's really sad because we don't know what we what we have yet. You know, we're seeing things, we're seeing lineups, um, like day one of of matchups and defensive pairs and so on, and all of a sudden it's like everybody's like, oh my god, stop yeah. putting this player with that player. It's like, oh my god, it's day one. Relax.
0: First of all, all they're doing is trying everybody out together. Like I know I was right. like, "Yay, Chris and McEvoy together!" And I was like, "Oh, he's with, Fulbert. He's yeah. with Forbert." Yeah, Forbert. But I no, but I don't really mean that because I think whatever shakes out to be the best defensive. Because I like him too with McEvoy. It's just you know yep. how I, my heart's set on that. But you know what? I'm like, oh. But you know what? I'm not freaking out about like they don't even play a, like an official like actual counts game until uh, you know three weeks or whatever from now. So I'm not really too worried about it and. You gotta work out the bugs. You gotta see everybody together, like you said, to try and figure out who even has chemistry and get the right chemistry together. Cause you don't want to start the season. I feel like we're still competitive. I don't know if we how far we're gonna push yet because I haven't gotten to see what it's gonna shake out to be, but I don't I feel less uh uneasy this season than I did this shortened season last where it was kind of like there were giant holes that just logically couldn't be filled very well. Uh We've had some more giant holes obviously come uh, with Krejci and things like in Tuca and things like that. But this year in the off season, Don Sweeney did a lot better at making me feel better about these giant holes than he did the season before, even though we know Krejci the thing happened after he'd already spent all the money still. Uh, okay. Well, uh I, before we move on for the third line, what we've been seeing, and I know it was really about Eric Hala, but I forgot how much I actually do like Nick Felino. Like, do you know what I mean? Because he's, we did play him and see him a lot, but like Nick Felino's good, man. Like he's a good veteran that I'm happy that after all those years of giving uh, Columbus his service or whatever, that he's now graced us because I feel like he's got good brewing character in him already there, ready made, and that will help uh, i think uh last year was a hard transition year it wasn't as, nearly as bad as it probably could have been or should have been you know uh between shutdown year restart new whatever but uh i do feel more comfortable with what's happening now even if it is mediocre-ish or really great or hopefully i don't feel like it's going to be really bad so that's good
1: yeah i mean nick uh, felino's a, a solid veteran presence uh, i think he's going to do a lot better than he ever did in um in Toronto last year and he didn't play that that much at all in Toronto but in uh, obviously got in the playoffs in the first round exit which is common for Toronto but anyway um I, I he's just another addition that i really love and i'm really happy that to have him on board and i can't wait to see um, a lot of guys that were uh, from the uh, BNG productions that were in uh um in attendance at training camp have mentioned several times that when they're running power play units Nick's Nick's on there on PP one and uh, and his body is in front of the goal just creating havoc so and that's what we need uh, we did lose that kind of in uh, Nick Nick Ritchie but uh, this is a solid replacement to do the same thing is to get somebody in front have that net front presence. Uh, on all occasions, it doesn't have to be just the power play. If he's going to be playing the third line and he can get down low and 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 be that that um, that player that's just you know being a nuisance to the goalie and 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 uh, and the defense um, surrounding him, then that's what it is. That's the type of player he is. He's a big body. I know he can take a hit and give a hit. So um, I don't. I, I'm not saying that he's going to be a, a huge physical player, dropping the gloves all the time. But more or less, I'm just saying that he's going to have that. The, that all-around experience as uh, most veterans do at this uh, at his age
0: well you don't need to take people out being physical doesn't mean you have to always be going right. slam at 40 miles per hour into each other P- being physical is pushing someone off the freaking puck creating space for the sniper to get you know like whatever pushing plays. there's different types of toughness um yeah so also i just want to say i mean we all know how i feel about Nick Richie, but don't worry about Nick Richie, people. He's going to play with Austin Matthews because apparently he is an elite player, and we have missed the boat. And you know what? Maybe Nick Richie will prove me wrong and deserve to be playing anywhere near Austin Matthews. But he was a first round draft pick, so well, see, sure But no, I'm just like everyone, like Toronto. I'm like you're doing it to yourself again, Toronto. You're like Nick Ritchie is the dude that is going to put the glue in this team. And maybe he might, he'll have a little bit of, he will have a little influence in there, but Jesus, you think that they just traded for Sidney Crosby the way that they're acting up there over Nick Ritchie. I'm sorry. Uh, no offense, Nick Ritchie, but then again, you don't care either that I talk about you and I don't care uh, that much about you. So thank God we parted ways so <sighs> we to go through that. Um, all right. Well, and we talked about the third line a little bit. How about what the fourth line has been kind of playing in and out this week? Uh, they actually asked uh, Thomas about Krejci going home. Do you understand why he want to go home? He's just like, yeah, man. I mean, it's home. Like, it's cool. He went there, but it was interesting how he said that you know, during the lockout or whatever last thing he played with Krejci. You know, so again, another. It's like, what is? It's so funny. It'd be like me just going to any random. Uh, British person I saw and asking them something. Like, why are they the expert on what their country? Well, yeah, man. I mean, whatever. I mean, I, he wanted to go home. Like, it's just weird. Why are you asking that during his first like real press conference? Ask him about him. Ask him how he's like in the city. But it was just kind of funny. But yeah. How are you liking that? You boy, Freddie and uh,
1: I love it. I absolutely love well, that line. I like, and I hope it stays uh, throughout the season. And unfortunately, I see uh, Chris Wagner being out of the picture. Um, maybe that 13th, 14th forward, that's a rotational guy. Uh, just, just, you know, mayor of Walpole or whatever you want to call him. That's fine and everything. But to me, it it just seems like he's been taking a step back and it might be because of what's going on in real life. And so, you know, with pandemic crap and so on, I get that but it's almost like two years that we haven't really seen much of, of Chris Wagner. And I know that he's a better player than me. And I know he's at the level that I'll never um, achieve, but still you can have a valued uh, opinion on him. But I really like the way that Noshek uh, plays out the middle. I've seen a bunch of games when he was playing with the grand rapids Griffins, um, when he was with the Detroit red wings organization, and then obviously selected in the uh, expansion draft by the Las Vegas golden Knights. And, um, you know, I, I like the way he plays. He's not overly physical, but he can be that uh, that 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 player that just get can get under your skin and so on. He's got some good speed, some good good skill, nice shot. And I think that he'll be really well um, in the middle of a uh, Curtis Lazar and Trent Frederick. I believe Trent Frederick is going to make a very big impact this year, um, but he's got to get in the lineup. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. I'm not saying that he's a shoe win and everything like that every one of these guys are going to earn their positions. Um, nothing's given. I mean, except for the top line, obviously that's a, that's a given, but
0: some people more than others are going to be on this lineup in some guys. Yeah.
1: But when <laughs> you, nice. when you, when you look from, you know, line two and down, it's just, yeah. you can mismatch there and you can figure yeah. out who's going to make it and who's not. But I really like that fourth line. I think it's going to be a very agitated line. that could get in the line, um, get in the face of, of uh, opposing frontline members on another team. So um, Yeah, and, and i I always liked Lazar. I like the way his uh, his game started with Boston. But I just think that, I don't know, I, ha- I really hate saying this because it's probably it's just me talking. But um, I, I think that playing with a guy like Sean Corral, really brought him down a little bit and not to uh, such a high expectations like, like, like he had when he first came to the organization. So, yeah, give me Freddie, give me Nosek, and give me Lazar all day long.
0: I think, though, I I agree with you saying, and this isn't just me being about, um, like, again, not being all in on Trent Frederick necessarily. It's just generally, like you said, there's a lot of internal competition. We've got a lot of outside guys that have come in, and um, you only need six bottom six forwards, right? You know, Um, I think that Lazar and Wagner are rotating in and out until they figure out which one really. Because again, like you said earlier, it's only three days of training camp. Honest to God, we're not even going to look what maybe this team might be for opening night until we get into next week's preseason games kind of situation and you see more of them. Uh, this week is all about everyone getting tested by the coaches. Like earlier, um, flew had said they were doing sprints with t- stopwatches out there, the people who aren't traveled. So that means all the action, like most of, The quote unquote like older rostery people that you would think of, because obviously, mostly the uh, most of the kids and stuff are the ones that traveled to Washington for today's game. Um, you know, doing that stuff, the off ice, where are you? And they're going to gauge you, and where are you? And some of the people that may look like rockets right now this week are looking gut pep in their step come October 14th might have tipped off, so we won't really know. But I have a feeling it's going to be Lazar and Wagner rotating in and out of there so i don't know if that means wagner is going to be mostly playing just because wagner does have a lot of experience does he really need to be playing all the time down in providence or are you going to just eat it and let him you know every couple games you're switching them in and out that being said we always get injuries so we may need them both in the lineup and that's fine too so like that's where i'm at but i feel like chris wagner may not actually get buried you're going to eat his contract either way so because he's kind of established in the locker room and with the guys, it might actually benefit him and the team more if he was just buried on the ninth floor, you know, on and yeah. off. Necessary. That's just my thought on that.
1: Because we
0: got to eat his 1.5 anyways, right?
1: Well, no, you get you get relief from that. So actually, possibly. actually, not all of it. Right, not yeah, all of it. I mean, you, so. you create a roster spot and cap space. Um, I think, uh, I, I'm not sure his number right now. Um, I think he's like, is he a $2 million player? I think he's 1.5 so
0: somewhere in there like 1.7
1: if he plays at the NHL level you're probably paying him 200 grand
0: right so but that being said this goes like you were saying about having the affiliates closer that being said someone like Chris Wagner you might not necessarily bury him province you'd rather have him travel with you and sit on the ninth floor because you already have him if you need to you know because with this team no offense we have the luck of like Lasar will friggin pull a hammy in you know Morning skate or whatever, and then we'll be like, "Oh, now we got to fly people in." And who's there? And honestly, we'll probably be like Wagner or Stenica or someone like that. Anyways, you know, are the people you'd come to parley pull in for wings? So, all right, I know that was a way more in depth conversation about that, but I almost forgot to say, hey, and but it looks good this line. But I'm also not vehemently against Chris Wagner because he's another player I'd like to see. Obviously, he's not your top gun; he never has been, but he has had times of being one of the most solid things we had on the bottom of this roster not that that necessarily means that's the best but like just we've seen him be consistent in that role of grinding people down on that fourth line uh and i think it's good to have him around as an asset still that being said if we can If we need to trade and buckle his ass somewhere else, like I'm willing to let you go too, sir. But I'm also willing to give him a chance. He got married. You know, things open up. Maybe he too needed a little bit of headspace to get himself back to himself. All right. Um, Well, we're getting near our um, break. So I don't, the next topic is about uh, defensive pairs and stuff. I feel like we need a little more time than we
1: have for our break.
0: Yeah, Uh, so what?
1: Why don't we talk about that um, after the break? We we'll can take the break right now. We don't have to be right at the hour. So yeah. um, I'm just looking see. at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, with Christmas coming up, folks, and, and if you have any birthdays that are coming up anytime soon, you need to really check out what my friend Bruce Sullivan has at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some fantastic uh, hand signed items, fully authenticated. Uh, Bruins, Celtics. Patriots, Red Sox, all kinds of great stuff. He's got an impressive collection, and they're really, really good prices to fan. uh, You know, to spruce up that fan cave, or or give an an awesome freaking present to a a younger member of your family or a friend. But uh, please uh, check out the uh, this mid show uh, commercial from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia and Bruce Sullivan, and uh, don't forget to pay attention and write down the ways that you can contact him and also participate. Uh, over on Facebook Um, you could just by liking and sharing you can win a free item if you if you're uh, if you are drawn so uh, we'll hear from Bruce and we'll be right back
2: hello Bruins fans this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week on September 19th we hosted two Bruins legends Hall of Famer and NHL Top 100 player Brad Park, and three time All Star and Bruins number 16 retired Rick Middleton. Get your Brad Park autographed inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey for 119, a puck for 39, or a Middleton jersey JSA authenticated for just $99, a puck for 35, or a photo for 29. Score with our inscribed Andy Moog black or white style jersey, just $99, a puck for $39, or a photo for $29. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go.
1: What's up, everyone? fans? We are back. You just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff. Like I said earlier, Christmas is coming. Birthdays are always around the corner. Prepare yourself for awesome hand-signed stuff to uh, spruce up the fan cave and give away as awesome gifts. And we thank Bruce for being our mid-show sponsor all the time. And he is a a, a place where I go and get our Patreon uh, jerseys and other uh, fun stuff that we give away on uh, our weekly Boston Brewing Hockey Talk. So we are back. We're talking Boston Brewing Hockey. Heather, you have the agenda. Where are we going?
0: Yes, thank you, Bruce. Uh, we are gonna now talk about uh the defense. We've been talking about offense this whole time, but let's talk about the defense a little. Defense, you know, I love me some defense. Uh, as you alluded, fans were melting down after the first day or two of what defensive pairings looks like. They're just working it out, okay? We all know it's probably gonna be what everyone's been talking about. Grizz with Riley or somebody down on, you know, going lower. He's been Grizz has been playing with uh Connor Clifton a little bit. They've been moving them around. Everyone calm down. Charlie McAvoy will be all right no matter who they put next to him, okay? But that being said, Charlie McAvoy had some comments about his potential new defensive pairing uh, and also working with Grizz as always. And I didn't know how um, you thought these defensive pairs looked like this week, and especially Charlie McAvoy. But everyone calm down. Charlie McAvoy is going to be okay either way. He's a goddamn stud. All right, anyways, what are your thoughts on the defensive pairs?
1: I I don't know. Like you said, it's kind of hard to judge uh, after three days of of, of camp. Um, but sneakingly, I do kind of like the uh, idea of having Charlie McAvoy work with um, Derek Fulbert, the new member that was brought in uh, over the offseason. Um, I mean, Mac Mac's a big kid, but he's not like, Huge, so I think that uh, Bruce uh, Cassidy is is going to run with that that mentality that they had the Bruins have for for several years now of a a bigger guy working with a um, a smaller, more mobile defenseman. We've talked about this at nauseum of the past like uh, weeks over the off season. Uh, I like I like that pairing. I mean, why not roll with it, see if it works to begin with, and then if it doesn't work, you make those adjustments accordingly. You have a, a nice. We don't have the best defense in the in the league but you still have complementary pieces that you can um move around and try to figure out the consistency that you need and chemistry and so on so um a little too early for me to freak out about it but I actually like the idea if if Mac is is comfortable with a big guy like Derek why not at least try it
0: I I don't understand why people are freaking out because either way like no offense to Jeremy Lozon and Zaboral and Connell Clifton and the such but this is already whatever it shakes out to be a way better option than what our defense was last year. And it didn't go, it could have been so much worse on the back end last year. That being said, it wasn't spectacular on the back end last year. And uh, where I think what saves the Bruins a lot is we're a defensive minded team a lot. You know, it's not as like, I'm not saying Cassidy is as like-minded in that as Claude Julian, but like I always say, I don't think they're quite as different as people always try to make them polar opposites, you know? Uh, so, I mean, we have a defensive structure. I mean, our forwards are some of the best defensemen in the league, even though they're not defensemen, you know, but uh, I, I don't know. The problem with Charlie McAvoy for me is he's not a little guy, but he's quick moving. So he's, it's like, what well, it's not as black and white when you had Carlo and Krug and, you know, whatever, Grislyk and, you know, you on and on and Carlo, or whatever, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'm willing to see what happens. I think in the end, I think in the end you'll end up probably seeing or and it back together? If it starts going not self. as there. Yeah. And not even self self, but just like before the bleeding starts, like we can't let the defense fall apart this year or even get themselves into a situation. We need a good balance. Of the skill sets, and you're really not going to know that until you see them. There, these guys aren't even going to play the preseason games, the first two mostly. You're gonna they'll rotate a few, put assumed lineup people here and there, like you know, Debrusk and Halla. There's a few down there right now in Washington, but. Until you that Philly game on the thirtieth, you're not going to see the majority of the lineup getting game action because you still want your heavy hitters conditioning themselves so they don't pull an all important muscle or something two weeks before the season.
2: Exactly, if that
0: makes sense. But either way, I don't really think we can go wrong with any defensive pairing, and I think Charlie McAvoy is going to be all right. But
2: yeah, I mean, give it a shot.
0: Let him. Like I like what you said about like also let Charlie McAvoy have a little input. Okay. He's not a baby anymore. He's got his experience. If this is the year you really want this kid to take off, he has to have a little bit of say in who is around him and who he's feeling clicking with. So that he might not know. I mean, he doesn't make the ultimate decision, but this isn't an organization that, I mean, for a little bit, I was starting to think the inmates were running the asylum kind of thing with making major decisions up in here. But, uh, I don't know. We should ask Patrice Bergeron because what Patrice says goes and whoever he decides is Charlie McAvoy's pairing. But overall, I think he's going to be okay. And Charlie seems like he's okay either way about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think mostly he was with Grizz and Derek this week. So, all right. Well, moving on from that though, we it's a new year and we've had people go in and out and we have new special teams because of that. And, uh, you really saw that I think yesterday on Saturday at um the Warrior but uh they were playing first power play was McElvoy pasta Bergie marshy and Nick Felino and second power play was Grizzlick Riley Hall Stud, and Smith and um obviously we know studnika may or may not actually be in the lineup but I kind of like buy like what they're selling right there because I like that a little spread yeah. out a little yeah yeah well like like i
1: said earlier like felino in front of the net causing havoc there's nothing wrong with that at all in any situation Mm -hmm. um but no i like the way that they're they're you know mismatching and this is the time to do it try to figure out what your uh, special teams are going to look like moving forward and you know there's nothing wrong with um you know working together figuring it out and and finding that chemistry i know we're going to say that a lot in the next couple of weeks is, but that's basically what you're doing is, is trying to find out who's comfortable with, with other players and, you know, and who can compliment each other on a line. So nothing wrong. I
0: kind of like Grizz and Riley together too, when they've been playing together this week Um, and there, but I think that's something that we can't lose sight of either is that the coaches have to figure out what they want to do too, because they know what they get from. Okay. So we kind of knew what the, top power play would be but who's going to be the fifth guy right who's going to be are we going to leave grizz there with mcavoy for the first power play unit which we've talked about you don't really want to do because you want to spread mcavoy and Grizzlick out sure. uh with their skill sets respectively and whatnot but uh i think nick Felino's veteran experience like that th- this is the kind of role that nick Felino got brought in mostly to do uh is play these more veteran I this has been kind of my skill set or what I've been expected to do and this is where he can shine and really make his impact. So you might not see it all the time five on five, but this is the situation where you're gonna see his assists and whatever else come. Uh that's just my personal opinion but I, I like that. I mean if you replace say that second power play with Eric Holla, I'm all right with that too or Obviously, it would probably be Charlie McAvoy, but who knows? Maybe even if your boy Trent Frederick cracks the lineup, let him be a little bit of like, not. no one says you can't still be oofy when you're on the power play, right? right. You gotta still have people to move the bodies and whatnot. And I'll let Smitty just, you know, do Superman things. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. So I just, that's something to think about, uh, special teams. But I just, I think overall, I, I just keep coming back. And I don't know how you feel about this. I overall feel. Not as anxious about what I think this team's going to look like when it gets on the ice. I by no means am like, oh, yeah, Tampa's never winning that third cup with us on the ice. But I don't feel so much like, "Mm, I don't know, man, like we're the Bruins. Should we have this (laughs) concoction out on the ice? Should Bergeron have to deal with this shit this late in his career to figure it out for a half a team? I don't know any thoughts on that special teams or anything like that before no. we move on
1: no let's just move on i think i've said it pretty good that um you know it's just i'll i'll i the special teams as soon as this this team gets on the ice and starts working together but yeah. for now for now it's just a it's a chemistry builder it's just a you know a mismatch of uh, who, who's going to be you know who works well with who so yeah
0: and i think too they didn't they have somewhat like, I don't remember where I saw it, but something like the Bruins had had a few like um, activities already planned for the players to kind of, uh, you know, whatever a barbecue or something. I saw and yeah. stuff like little off things ice stuff,
1: like yeah, pig roast or
0: whatever and whatever to really bond, which is important, I think. For we had a lot of people come in this year, you know what I mean, yeah. and to get them acquainted to the city and make them feel like they're a part of a team. That's huge. Like, and I'm sure, like you know, whatever they're all buddy, you know, it's not. Back in the day when there were like these superheated rivalries. So if you got traded to your opponent or whatever, they would you would be ostracized or whatever. But I think those kind of things are important before the season starts. Like this is where it happens. So by October 1st, you really do have, what is this going to be and create the bond on all the levels, you know, like having sneak and all of them up and letting them feel, we really do feel you're a part of us, whether you're here or there. Thanks for joining, you know? So, yep. all right, this I thought will make you happy, uh, just to talk about because goaltending always makes you happy. But I just want to say, everyone, repeat after me: We're gonna be fine. Goaltending <laughs> is fine. I every the more I see Ulmark, I like him more and more. You know what I mean? Uh, again, he's not Vasilevsky, and I don't expect him to be. I don't even expect him to be Tukarsk. But I expect him and Swayman to be able to make us as good in the, the net as we were with Tuka and Halak, what we were used to that kind of thing or Swayman and Tuka.
1: Yep. I'm uh, lo- really looking forward to this. And um, I got to be honest with you. I really like the way that uh Almont came out in a recent presser. Um, many questions have been asked about how he's going to do this, how he's going to do that. Uh, There's the RAS situation when RAS returns and all that, all that jumbo mumbo. Um, but what I will say is I really, really appreciated what he said was, I don't care. Basically paraphrasing, I don't care. I want to, I'm living in the now, and this is how I'm going to prepare myself, and I think that Jeremy Swam has pretty much got the same mentality moving forward that we're not worried about what's going to, what potentially could happen with the return of a goaltender that's been your franchise leader for some 14 years or whatever. Um, we need to go from uh October to December, when that potentially could happen, and figure out our game from there. I'm still on board with the fact is that if Allmark and Swayman are doing fantastic, we are not going to see Tukarask in a Bruins uniform again. Mm-hmm. I think yes. at that point, you probably you know what's going to happen if your if your defense is structured better than it was last year, as you said, it it, it basically is this season, Heather. I honestly think the goaltending is going to be that much more better. Better defense, you're going to get better goaltending, and obviously you get better two-way games out of your forwards moving forward. Um, but I'm ready for whatever happens. I'm going to use the Tuca Rasting thing as a break glass in case of emergency and health-wise. If he's not healthy, let's not waste the money. I've heard from an inside source uh, that I'm not going to uh, say names that Tuca has, has been known to say that, he would like to work in the $2 million range. As of right now, to me, that doesn't work because we don't have cap space. And I don't like the idea of the the crapshoot that, that creates when you don't know his health. You don't know his health. And that's not exactly why I don't believe the, the the Bruins signed him during free agency this year because they just don't know. They don't want to take a gamble on that. You have goaltenders that are sustainable right now that you can work with one that's a veteran and one that's basically still a rookie. So to me, if Olmark and Swayman are, are, are the cats meow of the league, you do not bring back Tuka Raskin and, and, and then send a kid that's probably, you know, having a great a great year in his confidence level, which I know he's going to take very in stride and so on, but you don't boot him down to the AHL because he's got, um, you know, waiver exempt uh, availability. I, I just, I, I mean, we're huge Tuka fans. And we say this all the time. But at, at that scenario, if they're doing freaking awesome, don't bring them back. Yeah. I mean, you can't bring them
0: back, right? Like, again, we talked about this. You don't sign Allmark to that contract because you don't expect him to be here. Right. Although it is friendly and you can move it if you need to to, if you need to move stuff. If they're on, why are you going to rock the boat? To bring all the drama. It's not that Tuca brings the drama, but to bring all the drama that comes with Tuca Rask being around. Things like that and disturb the flow. I'm also interested because I really do think it's going to be interesting to see what Allmark does with this kind of defensive structured team and not having – that's not to disparage anybody in Buffalo. I understand being in Buffalo is like probably – just misery despairing um, at least i also would play like shit even if i had a skill set if i had to be in that depressive hot mess and again nothing about the city nothing about the team but they need new people to be in charge of them just like arizona i will die on the sword for those two teams to have somebody sane take over the reins and make a plan and stick to it but all mark i think we could really see what his, whatever they always say, the ceiling, right? Because he's yep. still up and growing, even though he's a little older and more experienced. He's still a young goaltender uh, as for hitting the sweet spot.
1: But that's so, that's that's exactly w- what Don Sweeney said in, in his press conference after getting all of these free agents over the summer was that um, Olmark is an older goaltender, but he's also in the prime of his career. We all know that goalies they hit that 26, 27, 28, 30 range. That's the time frame when these goaltenders really step up their game. And I think that they might've gotten a goaltender that, although does have um, injury history in the past and so on. I think that by getting a guy at that age, he's ready to take that next level on a team that's better structured and better um, organized, to, 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 yeah. you know, to be totally honest with you moving yeah. forward. So, I mean, this could be. I mean, I know. I know that the the five million for four seasons is is a little high in some people's ass, in minds, but that's this is what you this this is like the average you get for number one goaltending these days. Um, what I don't like about the deal, though, is if things don't work out, this like, that that the all four years are covered by heavy freaking you know uh, trade clause – stuff you know this it, i think it's um no trade for the first two modified for the last two whatever but um i'm really not looking at that right now but i just want to see what this guy can do what he can provide and the and the spark that he's going to give to this team as a guy that's coming in and saying this is my number one job and this is why i'm being paid that now i need to come out and prove it And I was
0: thinking, too, that, you know, I mean, like you were saying, well, you just made me think about this, about how goaltenders hit their sweet spot right around, like, it's like a defenseman. Somewhere around 26, 27, it really comes into, I really know the sport now, you know, I've finished transitioning wherever I come from or whatever. And if they can have, if Olmark and Swayman can at least split the games, You're not downgrading Swayman's development. You're utilizing Olmark, and like you said, the average. Like actually, what he got paid is a little lower than an average for like what his status of goaltender is on thing. There are very few goaltenders that are getting the mega bucks, but
1: but the market was thin too. By the way, the market right was thin.
0: But you're right though about that being about average between five and six for even a mediocre to good someone. Even a goaltender that's not spectacular who's expected to be the starting goaltender, right? Um, but if him and Swayman can split, he plays out all four years or two to three of those years. Then you see Swayman get to be the starting goaltender in his own right, right in his sweet spot. So, like, this could just be part of the end game long plan. Because in the end, Tuco wouldn't be here in four years anyways because of his, his age and whatever. And honestly all these dudes could use a break, all these veterans that have been around and they're going to be fading off into the sunset. I don't know what to do with Tuca though. Do you know what I mean? Because we don't have the money, but it also feels really shitty to not like feel like, yeah, Tuca could come back. Like it feels like a weird conundrum in my head because he is a really good goaltender. And (laughs) all he did was get an actual, like an injury that really kept him out for the first time. And, Forever, I mean, he had that nagging one a few years ago, you know. But so I feel weird about that. I think as a Bruins fan, but like if Allmark and Swayman, like I said, now you're looking at three to four years, you're going into Jeremy Swayman's sweet spot. Maybe you even lay off a little and you set Allmark up for a sweet deal to move or whatever, because you don't want to underutilize or whatever. But that would be ideal. I'd, I, your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know developmentally wise.
1: Yeah, it, I just. I, I like the idea that Almarc's going to be around for that veteran presence in the crease to nurture, you know, a young Jeremy Swayman who's, who basically has the pro tools, but just, in my opinion, has to just get more involved and not just the, the small sample size of American Hockey League and uh, NHL experience. So, this is going to be a big year for him in learning further. But I like the I like the cap number too. As um, Omar could be a backup, we could switch roles here after like one season. Like all of a sudden, um, Omar may be not be doing so good, and and Jeremy Swayman might be that 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 guy that you want to ride. There's nothing wrong with 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 flipping the roles around too. So, um, I think I think they're gonna learn off of each other, and I think it's gonna be a really good tandem. Um, I, I don't know about Vesna, right? Uh, yes. Did I say it right? You did okay. Uh, I'm not knowing. I'm not going to call that, but I, I I could see them like really challenging for like a, a Jennings Trophy as a tandem that could be uh that's the top um the top two guys in the league working together and and obviously uh, defense can be a big part of that because you know that the, the uh, goals against is uh as the premises on on how that is voted on.
0: Mm-hmm. Although. If they did get a Jennings, that wouldn't hurt my feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, right. I just want to make sure I said that right because I get hammered every you time. Did. You
0: the funny thing with me when you say it is that you change the way you say it, it's like you're still targeted. But no, it is no, spelled, because I,
1: I, I the it way it rolls off Vizina, my tongue, though. I want to say Vizina, but it, it probably not. was
0: originally Vizina because that is yeah. how it's spelled, but everyone but nobody was Vizina. around back in
1: 1920 when that guy was around and, and winning his own trophies.
0: Or at least no one's around now, probably that was back there. That's all right.
1: True. Um, all right. So we're moving on from
0: goaltender. And we're gonna talk about Coach Cassidy he had some comments about um he sees a new wave of leadership maybe brewing in this locker room and he likes it. Uh obviously, and we always give these guys props. But McAvoy, Carlo, and Grizz on the back end, uh, is they're at their ages, they have a lot of experience. And but he also was talking about Charlie Coyle and Nick Felino, who as we alluded to earlier, has a lot of leadership experience. That's part of his veteran, like, skill set that he brings with him here. So um, it was nice to hear Coach say that and also um, call them on it. You know, like, not he didn't call it on, but to say, hey, man, just so you know, guys, I'm looking at you. Like, you know what I mean? I see you. I see you, what you're doing, and I like it, and I want you to keep doing it and figure out how to help Bergeron and Marshawn and them help this team, you
1: know. Well, it's gonna come down to the um the, the younger members and they're not so young anymore kind of members. Um, you know, it's gonna be the pass and acts are gonna be the you know your next level of leadership. But the biggest ones for me is on the defense. Mm-hmm. I really see uh, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo being those types of guys you can lean on. Um, in any situation, whether you're a forward, a goaltender, or a defenseman, uh, for advice because they they've been around this organization the longest. But then it also it always obviously filters down from you know Masha and the Bergerons and, and and the crew that we all know that are are already already at the top echelon of this uh, organization when it comes to that type of uh, of leadership. So the next core is just going to be um, acting like a sponge. Uh, from those guys. And I think that, you know, Brandon Carlo is, is sneakingly one of those types of guys that you can actually lean on for advice and so on, even though he's only been in the league for a short time.
0: I think for them, too, um, obviously not Nick Felino, although he probably could have used Chara's presence, too. They're the kids, they're the last ones that are going to have been in that. In the locker room with a lot of those players that we think of when we think of this era of the Bruins, right? Sure, we we still have Mar- on and we still have Bergeron and uh, Tuca somehow in capacities hovering. But like, you know, crazy has gone, shower has gone. Some of these players have left over the few years, and but these kids grew up like so. Like McAvoy is great; he's growing on his own, but he doesn't forget the lessons, and that helps drag. The legacy and the positive things that they have had over the last 15 years, you know, or whatever in this organization to pass down because now they're going to be the veterans. So when Bergeron, and, Marchand and Tuca, you know, and they're going pasta and these guys, they're going to keep that going and hopefully pass it down. Now it'll change. Everything changes a little here, there and everywhere. But Bergeron is still Bergeron that he was when Chara, he was Chara's assistant as he is the captain. Only now he gets to have a little bit more. But that's one thing about the leadership core is everybody gets the voice. It's not like there's one. Some locker rooms have one or two people that really are the guys, that, like, let's go, let's get up, let's do it, or whatever you need from your leaders at the time, the advice, things like that. The Bruins are, I think, they obviously they didn't win enough to be a dynasty kind of thing. But I think in when you look back on the teams, right, even though they didn't win as many cups as the seventies Bruins, the 2010 Bruins will be remembered as just like a great organization, just like Tampa, even if they never won a cup, like they had some great teams they put together and really made a push. And I like to see that they're stepping up. And I also like to see Cassie really recognizing that because that helps you feel confident. Am I doing this right? If you're trying to be the leader, it's hard shoes to fill filling in some of these shoes that you've had to so yay, yeah, coach Cassie. It's funny I see. Cassie's just like, yeah, well, it's first week of training camp, you know. I'm gonna yeah, need people to step up.
1: You He could looks, be here he looks very comfortable.
0: <laughs> he's like relaxed. Like he's yeah. it's, but everybody feels more relaxed. Even when you saw them on Media Day, like they were just first time ever, they were probably happy to see the press in person like you, because normally you see them. It's like after the game. It might have been a bad game. They never look thrilled. Like, you know, I feel bad. But this is the first time no one's Zooming. I mean, there may be people that Zoomed in. I don't know for their own personal reasons. But actually let them stand there and ask questions. And they're like, hey, man, I see you. And it must be much better than waiting for the delay. Like, who's talking next? You know, all you see is like Connor Ryan or whatever. Okay, yeah. Connor Ryan. Which, which screen am I looking at? Yeah. It's actual people and everybody's but yeah uh yeah we didn't put coach Cassidy on here as a topic but he he looks like he's pretty relaxed okay well uh just a few more things about training camp which obviously was the brunt of what this week was about uh but Froden and LaSalle and other prospects were making making some noise even when they got back from Buffalo with the veterans on the ice um I just thought that'd be open I we haven't really got where you can to maybe overall down-the-prospects kind of report like we usually do once the season starts. But thoughts on these kids. People seem to be falling in love with Jesper Froden or Jasper. I say Jasper, is that correct? Jesper. Or?
1: Jesper. Jesper. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't consider him a prospect. Uh, he's yeah. well out of that that uh, age scenario for me. He was a uh, free agent signing out of Sweden, uh, obviously a P.J. Axelson type of, um, um, you know, word to the to Bruins management that you guys should really consider picking this guy up, um, but no, I mean I was really excited to see what, what happened at the prospects challenge. He had four goals, um, that was nice. Uh, but uh, then again, he's in a mix of um, of of younger players, so uh, I, I like what he's I've seen from uh, the videos from training camp from my guys at the B Productions of him and how fast he is. Um, I think he's going to be a solid member of the uh, Providence Bruins this upcoming year. Probably going to have a real big year um, with the complemented players down there. And um, I, I could actually see him uh, as a first-line first, first line right wing, um, you know, with um Lauko and um, – jackson nika in the middle and, and froden on the right so that could be a very powerful line as for um fabian lassell i i really like this kid and and he's becoming a fan favorite with the speed and so on but he's still gonna uh round out his overall game and i think that he's learning a lot in the professional levels of the nhl at this at this type of stage but uh it is it is already known that he is going to report back to um report to the Vancouver giants or the Western hockey league to uh, for further development. And I just think that's a solid move all around for both the player and the organization. Um, and then maybe even a, a full season in the American hockey league. And then um, that, I mean that, that timeline, if you look at puck PDR and so on, and you, and you see the lines of where everybody has their contracts and they go out to, you can actually see in two years, two full years from now, uh LaSalle like, Seemingly fitting in um, in there with, uh, with one or two years remaining on his, on his entry-level deal. He is not – here's the thing that needs to be said, and I'm not sure if I said this uh, in the previous episodes, but a lot of people are at saying that uh, with LaSalle going to Vancouver, it's a waste of an entry-level year. That is totally false, folks. Um, if he goes to the WHL and plays the whole year, it's a, called a contract slide. So um, he won't be under – he'll still be under entry-level deal, but it won't be honored while he's over there. The contract will be honored when he does – like if he does come over to the AHL and play for Providence, then the entry-level year one can uh, can start off from there. So it's really important to understand that and the fan freak out. Um, It's just from folks that don't understand how the slide works and so on.
0: Yeah, well – contracts can be complicated to be fair. Yeah. But you're right. It doesn't kick in until it's actual, you know. Yeah. The professional level contract
1: of in exactly the sense of NHL world. Yeah. All right. So, uh um, right. we got about a half hour to go. How many more yeah. topics do we have? No, we're
0: get, we're getting there, buddy. Just stay with me, All okay? Right. So All right. Um so anyways, next week this is just this isn't a topic, but just if anyone's around and wants to go my, tomorrow is going to be 10 and 12, there'll be sessions at the Warrior, which is the 27th. You probably won't hear it there. But also Tuesday, the 28th, the people who aren't traveling to go to the Rangers game will have a 10 o'clock session. Um, yeah, so that's that. Okay, so the Bruins announced their preseason schedule. We got a preseason game, which is really the biggest thing we have to talk about after this. But um, yeah, so Nesson today and sport. Well, today, sports hub. Uh, TNT is going to be having it on Thursday, which I think is interesting. We'll see how the, um the I mean, Eddie Olchek and stuff like that there uh, when Thursday, when they're playing down first, the Flyers or whatever, that'll be interesting to see TNT's first national broadcast and stuff like that. I can't wait to see how this is going to ro- roll out. Um, But anyways, if you want to know what the preseason schedule is, mostly you guys know sports hub. If you want to listen to it on the radio, that's how you get it in these areas uh In Nesson mostly, but TNT and stuff will have some of the preseason games. They're having a double header. I think right when we play the, I think flyers on the Thursday, they think they have another game after too. So keep eyes on that. But again, that's not really a discussion point, but more to keep it up. But what to discuss today. It's really real is the first day that the Bruins are playing hockey preseason 2021, 22, uh, they sent out the roster um well actually you had sent me to that ryan mass and noah dory went back respectively to the junior clubs do you want to speak on that before we talk about the roster for the game tonight
1: yeah those two um were um i don't, I don't even know if noah dory was uh was an actual signed um, um individual but um um who was the other one i'm sorry Oh, um, Ryan mass, mass. Ryan, Ryan mass, Mast, uh, is, is a, uh, Bruins prospect. I don't think Nora Dory is, I think he was just invited to camp. Um, but, uh, Ryan mass is heading back to Sarnia to play with the sting. So I'm looking forward to watching him. He's a big kid. Um, I thought he played well, uh, and it, and it really speaks volumes to, um, to play as like, uh, Brett Harrison and so on who haven't been returned yet. So, um, uh, it's good it's good for these younger players that are going back to their juniors to get the longer looks because it's it's just increased confidence for their for their upcoming year wherever they go, whether you know, obviously there's no college players that are in these in these um, training camp. But uh, you know, the Canadian Hockey League members, um, whether it be the W or the uh or the O, um, you know, the longer they stay in camp, that's really good confidence, man.
0: Yeah. So that being said, today at 5 o'clock, that's why we have to get this done, so Mark can try to get what he can get done before the game starts. Um, we are playing the Washington Capitals, 5 o'clock. Uh, Nesson, is it on Nesson? No,
1: NHL Network. Uh, NHL Network. Yeah.
0: this It's all very and confusing. And ESPN
1: Plus. And ESPN yeah. Plus.
0: I was going to say, it's all very confusing, because NHL Network yeah, isn't actually a thing anymore, but it is just like NBC. No, but meaning like, the way it was before, like you would get the NHL. It's like, just like with uh, NBC, SN or whatever the NBC that's going out, but we'll be back for Olympic hockey because they cover the. It's like a whole thing. Where to get your hockey? I don't know. ESPN Plus though, and TNT. There's going to be everything out there. I'm, I'll be happy. There'll be a lot more. Seems to be like it'll be a better product for all the people who paid money and got blocked out of everything now. That being said, you're probably still going to be blocked out at your local market because you've got to watch it where they have their contracts. But still, I mean, how many games you want to watch and you can't even if you have the package, you can't watch everything. But I'm glad to see that maybe fan access is going to be better under the system. Uh, do you have the roster up? I didn't know if you wanted to run down the roster. We know that Ian McKinnon replaced uh, Samuel Asseline today. We don't know why. Uh but that came out this morning too. I don't know if no, I don't.
1: Me. I don't have the roster up, but I do. I don't know if there's something wrong with Samuel Asseline. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Ian so it's like the,
0: Yeah, we got Bleed uh, uh Philip, is it Matt? Philippi? Am I saying that Philippe. or is it Philippe? I never remember if it's like French or <laughs> it's like whatever. I'm yeah. sorry, Matt. I promise. I understand you from down the street, but I forget Fogarty Froden. Paula Kuhlman. Happy birthday, Carson Kuhlman. I saw Miss Hannah had tweeted that out and she would know. Locko LaSalle, Steen Wagner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we have Ashawn Clifton Lewington. I don't know who that is. Maybe you could tell me. Who Ty, that is Ty right.
1: Lewington. He signed as a free agent. Going to be playing in Providence.
0: Okay. No, I just didn't know like much about him. So I that's why I wanted to ask you. Uh, Brady Lyle, who is also everyone's favorite shiny toy currently. And I'm not saying he's not earning that. I'm just saying that. He, like Jesper Froden, Jesper and them have been making some noise. John Moore, our good old friend John Moore is hovering. That was funny.
1: That was funny from Boston Bruins. uh, The the original post of the uh, training camp lineup actually had him out. And then 30 minutes later, they added him in. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, it was like because I had seen on Cat Friendly, it was like L T I R or what or L T R They called it a
1: misprint. And it wasn't even yeah, a misprint. Then, you never yeah, printed and then it. And I
0: was like, what? And then I was like, wait a minute, how can John Moore be taking reps if John Moore is on the one? I'm like, this is all very confusing. And uh Yerho Vakaniden, who is also one of those players coming to a crossroads in his Bruins career. Uh yep. Booth uh I'm sorry, it's Grosnick. Is that how you say Gosnick? Grosnick grossnick Okay. Yep. And Swayman are the goaltenders. Hopefully Jeremy Swayman's getting some reps today. I think that's right. Uh,
1: today's game will probably be um, rotating. No, it would probably be a, uh, a period and a half for each. Yeah. That's
0: what I mean. That they'll We're probably all rotating. get a look. No, I'm meaning that they'll all get a little bit of luck. You know what I mean? Because that's what these games yeah. are for is for not everyone needs to play 60 minutes. Let's everybody play. At least you know, whatever the Ford same thing. Uh, again, it's I don't mean to say it meaning the B team, but obviously, these are a lot more people who are in our prospect pool/slash AHL team that will probably be on the NHL lineup. Uh, yep. but we'll see that as the games progress. But it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Agreed, I'm looking yeah. forward to uh seeing these guys and, and their further development. And further evaluation, um, like you said, they're probably not going to be in the lineup on on opening day. But that doesn't mean that they're they're not going to be an important, uh, not going to play an important role. Other areas of the organization, as in Providence or even Maine.
0: And not only that, but these players play an important role during training camp. To yeah. have, it's all about pushing. You- Right. And, you know, and I think they've been pushing these kids hard, too, because I think the Bruins also know they need to figure out how this is really going to all shake out in the end. Where 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 are we going in the next five years? You know, we've got a new five year plan that's beginning to begin, not to quote Don Sweeney's original. I got a five year plan or anything. Now he's got a 10 year plan. That's fine. It's <laughs> as long as it all works out. It's it's been all right on and off so far. Um, but I think it's important because it gives them the opportunity to be around the veteran guys, but also gives the um, it's an opportunity for the Marshawns and Bergerons and people like that of the world to think differently when you're working with people you're not always working with. You know, it's great that like Marchand, Bergeron and Pasternak just automatically are kind of in the zone in tune, but sometimes it's good to mix it up and put Jack Nika there or whatever or to mix it up and like make you think differently, make your play. How do I see things differently and learn from other players? Cause some of the older guys can learn from the younger guys too, because they were trained differently than they were, you know? So exactly. I do like that too. Okay. So we got two more games this week. We will, we don't have to talk about the backstory again. They're not like the real rosters. We'll talk about the preseason games. Once we get close to the actual season and it's looking yeah. like the real NHL rosters. Uh, but we do have two other games this week on Tuesday. We, play the Rangers and then we play the Flyers on Thursday. That game is on TNT. So at seven, and that's a later game too, 7 30. And uh, you know, not bad. Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek and should be a good game. We may even say more of the actual lineups popping up by that game because everybody will have a few, you know, weeks of reps in, and also because Eddie Olchek probably is not going to be calling a Lineup like we are seeing tonight. I'm just not, not that that he's too good too, but they're probably, that's not what they're rolling out uh, on their NHL debuts here. Okay. So uh, out and about we saw this week, there are some people out and about. It, did you see the boys were all at Fenway? I know you're not a baseball person, but I don't know if you saw it. The boys were all yeah. at Fenway and Smitty Hall and uh, Nick Felino threw out three awesome first pitches uh, yeah, I just the baseball players.
1: <laughs> just I just saw, I just saw the the tweet and scrolled by it. Actually,
0: I uh, know. Yeah, well, it was pretty good, and uh, you know, sometimes people embarrass themselves out there, but the boys held themselves well.
1: Well, and, they didn't uh, embarrass themselves as bad as Conor McGregor did.
0: Yeah, i did no one or few.
1: That people was inten- have. that was totally intentional.
0: Uh, yeah, well, Conor <laughs> McGregor is a fucking drama queen, but yeah. I, that being uh, said, he could punch my skull. in. so I probably, <laughs> hopefully he's not listening to this right now. And is going to come, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah. Two pieces in there, uh, pasta and Rebecca were at the, um, what is it? The Laver Le- cup or something I have for no
1: idea.
0: uh tennis. I I'm not a tennis person. I'm sorry. I have it down. Yeah. I think it, it's the lava cup. It was at the TD Garden. It was like an indoor tennis, like big tennis tournament thing. And uh, they were spotted down there. Uh, Media Day was really fun this week. These are just like last few things to kind of wrap up before a couple NHL things and stuff. But um, it's been a big week. I think everyone's happy and people look more healthy. And I think it's going to be really awesome. And I'm not just saying that because I will watch this team. Even if we are the Buffalo Sabres, I would still be.
1: How putting myself
0: you. through the hell of tapping in every game and doing it yeah oh god all i can think of is this 2008 that was the last time i was super depressed as a bruins fan and just couldn't really take it much more i'm gonna cry every game uh all right so i'm sorry we had a few topics you had put out a shout out or something about topics yeah, i just
1: wanted to get some ideas about what the fans are thinking just to increase um our agenda but apparently I didn't look at the agenda that you had written out and already had an impressive one so um That's
0: fine but we have a few, right?
1: Yeah, we do have um um Hang on Brad a second. Brad Pat
0: Pasta Bruin 63 asked us about Thomas Hartle. Yeah, he did. The place so it, would
1: be. he sent me a tweet that says, "Are we talking about it now?" That's yeah. the next
0: one. Yeah, that's Yeah, okay.
1: One. So he said trade possibility. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> um What would the price you think to trade for Thomas Hurdle? Uh, Big body, 6'2", 215 pounds. He could create a nice second line with Hall and Smith. Totally agree with you, Um, Bruins63, at Pasta Pat, uh, Brad Pasta Pat. Um, But the the price, the price is a little hefty. And um, Andrew uh, Ryan, uh, do it for the chirp, at do it for the chirp on Twitter, he fired back um, rumors are San Jose wants a first in a high-end prospect um, plus a C or left D that will be NHL ready within the next few seasons. And uh, and he also added, so so for Boston, that's a first-round pick and two of Lysel, Lory, or Sidnika. We already talked about Sidnika probably being a leverage piece in a deal at the trade deadline, but... I am not too fond of giving up a first-round pick, number one, Lysel or Lorai at this point. And I get the understanding that you need to make a move to get a good player and so on. I totally understand that. And I understand the whole we-need-to-win-it-now motto. But in my opinion, I don't like to panic. I'm a fan that believes in we still need to replenish this prospect pool. And you don't do that by giving away a first round pick. Although the player is good and we could definitely use them. Those are players. I do not want to get out of the system that we're trying to build up again and and build for the future of a more, you know, hopeful Stanley cup year or, or challenging for Stanley cup years going down the line. To me, that's a very desperate move to win now, but you're going to be hurting later on. I don't believe you you can give up on a defenseman like Lowry. I think that he's going to be a potential next Dougie Hamilton, and some folks might not like to hear that. But Dougie Hamilton does put up does, Dougie Hamilton does put up points, and he's valued on the power play and all that. Those are the things you would want to see in a Boston Bruins uniform, not how you know. Um, Dougie Hamilton was in Boston. You might not want to see that. Lysel, we don't have a right winger right now. We don't have one in the system. You don't want to get rid of a right winger right away um, in a trade for somebody in a win now uh, scenario. So Seneca would be the only one that I'd be willing to move, but it's it's going to take a lot more for San Jose to uh, move the needle on that. Also, I would do want to touch in that um, I did hear that hurdle has mentioned publicly that he would like would be willing to sign a long-term deal with the san jose sharks if they were interested and he'd also be willing to come down on his price so to me that says hurdle doesn't want to go anywhere but it also tells me something else hurdle doesn't want to go anywhere now that mr Kane. Is not involved in the team anymore, so I believe that the frustrations that Thomas Hurdle had in the past were because um uh Kane was still on the team.
0: I agree with you about um you know Van K- but it, it seems to me like San Jose only is trying to move Thomas Hurdle because they're in a bind cap space. I think if he does come back he, and they're willing to, and like you said, who knows what's The same time the San Jose Sharks also doubled down on Evander Kane a couple weeks ago, just about having the back. But that also can be they put a lot of freaking money into him. He's already gambled all the stupid money at advance away. Like now that he owes them to play or give them some kind of value. But Thomas Hartle, I think, was more about we have to move stuff for San Jose. So if he's willing to be reasonable, I don't see them letting him go. That's just me. And generally it's too high. Like, I don't want to get rid of Mason Laura and people like that, or Sean and people like that in a package because this defense is going to be fucking awesome in five, four or five years. I don't want to trade away that. We're at a point two seasons ago, whatever gamble away for the future to win. Now too much of what we thought we were fighting for has already walked away from the building for us to not figure out how to win later. Like what, we got to win now, but you need to put your focus on the future now and replenishing and getting people in the system or getting, you know, reasonably good players like an Olmark signed under these contracts. If not, it what was it all worth?
2: Yeah. Like
0: in the end, okay, we didn't win a couple of the cops or whatever, but if we fall off the planet, it's going to make those things seem so much worse rather than if we know, like I said, what's your new five-year plan, Don Sweeney? You know, where are we going from here? What are we going to do with the McAvoys when they're the veterans and the Carlos when they're the super veterans and things like that? Um, All right. So Thomas Hurdle's too much price for me. Although I do like Thomas hurdle. It's not his fault. It's just, we don't have the cap space and he, he wants to stay in San Jose and I don't want any player here. That doesn't really want to be here. Um, Uh, Steve Steve asked us a couple quick questions that we could probably answer real quickly. Do we realistically, are we going to see two? That's
1: Steve, Steve by the way. Yeah. Oh, sorry um, Derek. I... No, it's okay. everybody just, doesn't know. I just Steve? didn't I just didn't want you to mess up his name
0: again. <laughs> oh no, I was gonna I was I can say McAkarin. Like I said, I was having a day. Am I gonna have to hear yeah. about it for the rest of my life? I had one day. Also, you never once said to me, not McCaren. Okay. Right. But anyways, he asked, Are we gonna realistically see? to go back and that we both agreed no,
1: now we both talked not. about it earlier i don't see it happen especially if all mark and swayman are are doing fantastic they're really going to push management to um not bring him back um so yeah
0: okay and the other question this is an interesting one uh does trent frederick have a realistic shot of making this lineup
1: i i believe so i believe so steve um I think this is a year that we need to see more of him uh, get it in evaluation. This will technically be his last year of his entry. No, I don't know. I know I, I, I might have fucked up on that, um, but uh, yeah, I believe he's going to be a, a, a better a better position to uh, sustain NHL time this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: So anyways, yeah, Trent Frederick is probably going to make the lineup just because the landscape was what I say about the landscape uh, has changed and gives him probably a better opportunity to stay up in the bottom six slot. So, yeah, Trent Frederick, we'll see him. Uh, all right, great. So Evander Kane, as you alluded to a few minutes ago, he got cleared of the when his wife, whatever is going on with them said that he was maybe gambling on Sharks games and stuff. He got cleared of all of that, but is also now seems to have himself in some legal trouble with some alleged domestic situations or whatnot. Um, I say alleged, we don't know, we're not cops. This is just what's being reported and no one is guilty of anything until they are charged and convicted. That's how we feel as Americans. But I guess my question to you about the Vander Kane thing is, if they can get Kane out of there, do you think that helps save the San Jose Sharks? Because it's just about two, about no one wants to play there if indeed there is an issue. Nobody wants to play with those kind of players if they're creating issues. And like you said, with Hurdle, maybe he players like that don't want to stick around to be with that. Do you think San Jose will have a better chance if they just cut ties with Evander Kane and let him deal with his own cut the yeah. loss.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't I don't really know. I don't watch a ton of uh or pay attention to a lot of San Jose stuff, but I do t- I do pay attention to the news that's going on and and I hate to say it, but it's a kind of a black eye in the freaking in on in, in the NHL for what's going on with the gambling and and his um his his um, you know, his abusive whatever, you know, allegations and so on. So, I don't know. I I'm, I'm not a Kane fan at all and um I, I don't know. Be honest right. with you. It's just I don't know where they're gonna go with this or what the organization is gonna do about it.
0: I just feel like you can have your most productive year or whatever this and that, but you bring the drama too. Like you were saying about Dougie Hamilton, I don't not like Dougie Hamilton because he's not a good defenseman. I don't like Dougie Hamilton because of his personality issues that sometimes rare in in, in his per- particular profession or whatever. And I feel like that's how Evander Kane is. Don't as great of like the talent he might have or whatever. And like, I, I get people like him, but like, I can like people that are unhealthy for me too. And like, as an organization, Evander Kane is unhealthy for you and you need to help yourself. Cause the NHL doesn't do much to help themselves between, I mean, even just to mention Kane, the Blackhawk whatever. There's been a few things that
1: yeah.
0: as a league, they need to bring in, but you as an organization on there. Um, also this was just a quick thing. The, um, P- the PHF, uh, formerly known as the WNWHL, they're doing full brand re- relaunch on October nineteenth. Uh, new website, new March store open, everything else. So if you support the uh, athletes of the PHF, please head over there on the nineteenth for to see the new to- the finish of the rebrand before their season starts.
1: All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely support that. Moving forward, that uh, the league starts in October 6th with a matchup of um, uh, Minnesota and Boston, uh, the Isabel Cup uh, game that was uh, – I don't remember when exactly it was, but it was this year with Boston uh, coming out to be the winner. And um, that matchup will start off – kick off the league uh, season um, on November 6th. So get your gear and support these ladies – uh, before the season starts. I also do want to mention one more thing um, about uh, the questions that were asked. I forgot to bring in this one, but the Bruins Fan Digest um, mentioned who's who's a surprise player from Providence you would like to see get a look in Boston as the season progresses. And um, not to be rude, and I would do want to answer this guy's question, but um, i say Brady Lyle at this point. He's probably the highest one that will probably get the, the biggest looks because um, cause, um maybe, maybe it could be an injury or two on defense to the start the year The normally is the, the the grinds of coming off of an off season going into um a, a preseason training and then starting the year right off does put a, a heavy load on some of these bodies so I could see him be, uh, being the um the one to get the looks but it'll only be for an injury purpose I don't see him getting in the lineup um permanently
0: yeah. Well, I'll let you answer that question.
1: You know more
0: uh, on that, but um sorry about that. I didn't know there was one more. I... So before we finish wrapping up this up, the last other thing was just to say Luke Tardiff has been elected president of the I I H I don't know. I'm messing up right now, but you know what I mean? The international ice hockey federation, he was elected president. If you want to see the rest of the election results, there was a little bit of drama going on uh, over the weekend uh, certainly visit their website. You can see it all, but yep. New, um, he is from Quebec. I believe he is like a representative from France though. Cause he, he has lived there, but, um, yep. New president changing of the guards. Uh, but if you want more information on that, certainly go to sources that are better equipped than I, I can only tell you, um, that things are happening there. So that being said, Keep a date on this week. we got some preseason games. People, we need to tap in. If you've been kind of zoned out in this offseason, unlike me and Mark, who are always going, going, going in our brains and uh, our friends that are like-minded, preseason's on. Everyone, come for the ride. The exciting new season starting, and who knows what will happen. I'll be with it uh, either way. And, of course, the season starts up on the 12th, but for the Bruins and the Providence Bruins on the 16th. Rate and review, all of that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, podcast, podcast networks, Mark's about to do the Patreon. We love you guys. And, uh, that's it for me. Go ahead. Patreon.
1: All right. We do have a Patreon account and we certainly appreciate any and all contributions as we, are sports, small sports media company here at black and gold productions, but we also need some help paying the bills. So by doing that, we offer, um, a um we give away a prize every week. And um if you want to get involved, please go to patreon.com slash block and go hockey podcast. And you'll get a prize every week or be entered to win a prize every week, but you'll also be involved in our monthly Jersey giveaways. And last month, the awesome Shannon Walsh won the um the uh, Rick Middleton hand signed jersey, which was uh, awesome. And thank you, Shannon. I got to get it out to you. Got two Boston Terriers at home here, and I just cannot get anything done with them completely up my ass. Uh, but it's, I love them. I do, really do. But um, I'm going to be getting more of the stuff out. I got a backlog of uh, shipments that I have to make. So please be patient and thank you very much. But if you donate $1 to that um, uh, link below, you'll be involved in our weekly prizes and so on. And for the month of October, the middle of the month of October, we're giving away this hand-signed Jerry Cheever's jersey. And it's Hall of Fame 1985 and his signature. And it's a fully authenticated, beautiful jersey, again, from Boston Sports and Music Marabilia. The awesome Bruce Sullivan. Never, never disappoints. So, um, And this week's Patreon winner is dale lynn congratulations dale lynn he was uh the winner on the win oh wheel whatever you want to call it congratulations dale we want to thank everybody for their contributions and like i said please help us out and go to patreon.com slash and goal hockey podcast we would certainly appreciate it but we also appreciate all the uh, love and support we've been getting lately as the as the season ramps up our uh listening numbers i have been climbing lately um we've we do about, I think we get about 1,500 downloads a week, which is actually really nice. And uh, hopefully that continues and, and gets even higher with uh, the more things to talk about. And I don't think we had a bad off-season when we, we were trying to scrounge for, for material. I think we did pretty good. Uh, I mean, I know a couple of other shows. They can only put on, you know, 20 minutes of an episode because there's nothing to talk about. We find things to talk about, so... With that being said, we want to thank everybody for the support over the off season, throughout the years, and so on. Um, I'm not ready to change to episode uh, to season six yet. That will be up 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 and coming uh, when we get closer to the season. But uh, like I said, um, thank you very much for everybody listening. Uh, thank you very much to Bet Online for being our show sponsor uh, throughout the years. Um, please go to BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50. We'd certainly appreciate that. We would really appreciate if you guys would go to blackandgoldhockey.com slash shop and uh, get some uh, Black and Gold merch along with some other uh, Black and Gold podcast network um, uh, apparel uh, and support everybody at the uh, at the Black and Gold company. So with that being said, my name is Mark Allred. That's Heather Ingerson. We're getting ready for some Boston Bruins preseason hockey against the Washington Capitals today. So have fun, be safe, and we'll talk next week.